big fluff. So it is final? I cannot learn the jokes from you? Under no circumstances, lady. Never, ever. You have made yourselves clear. I will remain unfunny. Whoa, 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 wait. This is where you're supposed to say something like, you'll make cookies, and then we say, okay. It's called a comedy turn. Now let's try it again. <laughs> you never gonna be part of our group, Starfire. Never, ever. But what if I could make of the cookies? <gasps> you're in! Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. This is Hinden Walsh, and you're listening to Hobo Radio. And if you don't know who I am, I'm a voiceover actor. And I had a really good time talking to Joel. And now, your host, miniature dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And I am so excited to bring to you this show today, which is just the loveliest chat with Hinden Walsh, who, if that is a name that doesn't instantly ring a bell in your mind... It, you're going to have the same realization that I did, which is that Hinden Walsh has been in your life for longer than you're, you're aware of. And she's been just making your life better. And we talk about all of that from uh, her early work in the iconic Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day. She's uh, in Jerry Maguire. Like she's she's in there. She's in the women's group. She saw Tom Cruise say... You complete me, uh, and we talk about that. And then you know her, her more recent work uh, doing voiceover, where she's been in Adventure Time. She's voiced Harley Quinn, and uh, most recently, uh, she is the voice of Starfire in Teen Titans Go. And we we got into all of it. It was such a great chat. She is so much fun to talk to, and. Uh, you know, secretly, I have to admit, my, my favorite part is getting to hear her do the voices, uh, you know, which is always such a treat, uh, which you'll get to hear some of that. And she's just such a, a wonderful person that she uh, invited Molly and I over to her home to, to interview her. We got to meet her husband. We got to meet her, her brand new adorable puppy. Uh, and it was just such a wonderful experience. And a really great interview, which I think that you guys will really love. So without further ado, here's my interview with Hendon Walsh. All right, so... Uh, I'm always curious uh, how people got into acting, and I saw that you you were young, right? Like you were 11, is what I read. Exactly. Yeah. So what? How does an 11 year old know they want to get into acting? Well, I knew before I was 11. Um, I my mom's story is somehow I knew the word audition. She's like, <laughs> I don't even know how you knew that. Uh, my mom, uh, there was a production of Sound of Music, and she's like, do you want to go see it? And I said, no, I want to audition for it. I want to be in it. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she took me over, and uh, yeah, I got in it. It was Marta Von Trapp, oh. second youngest. Nice. And that was my very first show, and my next show was... Um, Pro level, so I went pro early. <laughs> and what, what was it? It just like where did that come from? Do you know? Like you just always had an interest. Like so. I, 
That's a great question. Um, I, it's just who who I am. I'm just, I don't know. It just always was. It was never in question. And did it did it always feel like like that was where you were always headed? Like yes, you there was never 100%. yeah you never there was no backup plan. There was no like oh no, I, I would get really angry with backup plans. <laughs> I'd be like, how dare you not believe in me? <laughs> um, so no no backup plan. And were your parents? They're pretty cool about that, or what was um, their reaction? Yes, they were very cool. My parents actually met in a. A production of Carnival where my mother was a ballerina oh, okay. and my father d- designed the lighting and the sets. So you're from theater folk? Like. Well, on a, on a, on a level, yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they did normal job things right. as well, but that was always a, a passion. And so when, you know, like at 11, did you see it as a career or when did it start yes. to feel like... Oh, before 11. Oh, okay. The but... whole time. I, I guess maybe when, <laughs> but when, like, was there a point where you were like, where you felt like a working actor? Or are you always just like, um, yes. In fact, my big problem was school was always in the way. I was so annoyed with school from the time I was 10, 11 years old of like, why, why do I have to go to school? I already know what I want to do. Yeah. And can I please just go do it? Adding to the difficulty was I, I grew up in Davenport, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Where a hotbed of of, of, of theater <laughs> of and expression, theater. yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, so I mean, fortunately, we had one professional theater there. It was called Circuit Twenty One. It was dinner theater. Oh, okay. It was professional, but it wasn't union. Okay. Um, but that's where I started working right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. At like what age are you? Like at eleven? Yeah. Okay. And just so you did that like through high school or what? Oh, yes. Um, I did. I worked everywhere I possibly could um, within... Oh, how rude. <laughs> should we just ignore it or should I go turn if, it off? Uh, if you want to grab it, you can. <laughs> Please forgive me. No, no, you're good. <laughs> Who is calling me? Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you're all right. So, okay. Um, let's see. Where, oh, Davenport and it's so and, uh, yeah so uh, you just through high school you you right, continued w- to work for the dinner theater right? I worked well I worked everywhere I could I started going away to do theater because I made all these friends at that theater and they worked other places and said oh my gosh we have to get Hendon and so I'd get my parents would get these calls and they'd get this spooked look on their face of like yeah we need her to come we'll fly her out we'll pay her you know, <laughs> so I started leaving home to work when I was 12. Oh, wow. And so I do that in the, in the summer when, of course, school was not in session. And um, yeah, eventually I, I left. I went to North Carolina School of the Arts for high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I was uh, 16. Okay. So, sophomore. And then, so you do that for high school and then... You finish. What? What's like? Are you like? All right, now, now I'm it. I'm I'm 18. I'm ready. Like I'm. You know what was what was that moment? Yes. <laughs> Except you have the parents that say you have to go to college or you will be dying in the gutter. You have to go to college. Why is the little bunny happy? The bunny is happy because it has a master's degree. <laughs> you know. So I had all this insane pressure to do it, and I kept trying to explain. This is completely unnecessary. I really just want to go to work. I can go to work now. But we did it. We did the college tour. And I got a full scholarship to Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, which was number one for musical theater at the time. And I went for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. That was it. And what what is it that you found? Like, what... What was the, you just didn't want to do it at all? Or like, what what were the 10 minutes and then I'm done? Like, just... The school thing for acting, and yes, now I am brave enough to say what I truly think about this. It's completely unnecessary. And in fact, in a lot of cases, it's detrimental. The, The instructors are so much harder on you than real life is right which, and, which yeah. is not an easy business no, too. i mean we were, we were talking about that a little bit before we started about like auditions and, and 
all of that <laughs> in terms of it, it is a business that like you have to put yourself out there constantly and sort of deal with a lot of rejection. Constantly. And so, yeah, like so you're saying at the school level too, they are already like sort of hammering into you and I guess rejecting you or I don't know if that's the... Well, uh, there's a lot of things I could say about that. Um, it, the one thing I really believe though, which is why I don't like teaching is no one can tell you how to be you and right. no one can tell you how to feel what you're feeling no one can tell you what's right no one can tell you what's going to get you cast right nobody yeah because <laughs> it's not the same people casting everything well yeah and i guess because it's it's not a science it's an art like that's yeah. the whole thing so there isn't there's not like an empirical way to, there's different stuff that works for different people. Right, right. Yeah. And then the school format is so designed to be, there's a right way to do this and a wrong way to right. do this. And that is completely not applicable to acting ever. And it took me, um, well, not too long to get away from that. <laughs> but the more I was away from it, the, the freer, you know, the better you become, the more you feel free to experiment and, and for me, that always came easiest in real life. Like, yeah. I'd audition for teachers, and they'd be like, I'm sorry, you're not good enough for our school. And then I'd audition for, like, Paramount Pictures, and they'd be like, yes, <laughs> bring it. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, all right, so, so the school thing, you realize quickly that's not for you. Right. Then what? And to, well, to the credit of the dean of drama there, he said, I'm surprised you, you stayed this long. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. He's like, go work. Yeah. You know? Thank right. you. <laughs> so, all right. So then you're free. Free. And then, then what? Free. I went to Chicago, <laughs> the city of happiness. I moved to Chicago. Oh. And, and is this like you packed your car and went to Chicago? Did you have... Yeah. Like, what was wait nothing waiting for you in Chicago? Like, you just went out there? Or? Um, I had a friend that okay. was going to be my roommate that I knew from doing summer stock. Okay. At Little Theater on the Square. Okay. And we're still friends. Marky, I love him. Oh, nice. We were roommates for life. <laughs> and I had that. And my insane true story of moving to Chicago. Yeah, and with stuff in my car and I'm moving in. Um, the reason I truly moved to Chicago was I went to one of these big cattle call auditions for theater. Where all, do you know those? All these yeah, different yeah. theater companies come. Yeah, it's you a get way to audition minutes, a lot. Yeah. And then you walk down the hall, and every theater has a sheet of who's called back. And boy, was that fun. So <laughs> that one, that one, that one, that one. And there was one sheet that only had three names on it. And I looked, I was like, what is this? And it was Jane Brody Casting. What I don't even know what that means. You know, is that a theater? Like, what is that? And I went, and it was this amazing woman who's one of the big Jane casting directors. <laughs> there were three Janes in Chicago when I was there. Um, and she took me by the shoulders and shook me and said, Hinda, don't be stupid. Move to Chicago. I will help you. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's I, a big boost. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I still didn't really know who she was. And I'm like, well. Maybe that'll come in handy. There's great theater in Chicago no matter what. I mean, incredible, best in the country kind of theater. So I moved to Chicago. We plugged the phone in. I called Jane Brody. And I said, hi, um, this is Hendon Walsh. I don't know if you remember me. Hendon, are you in town? <laughs> yes, I just moved here a couple hours ago. Great, I need you down here tomorrow morning at 10. Oh, do you have an agent yet? No, I just moved here a couple hours ago. <laughs> okay, great. We'll take care of it. Just be here at 10, my office. Click. Oh. And I went down downtown the next morning. She got me with, um, you know, one of the best agencies in town with a phone call. Oh, wow. And yeah, and a week later I had a job at Drury Lane. And then it just kept going and going and going from there. That's amazing. Like, Isn't that's, that amazing? That's good, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yay, no school. Look what can happen when you don't have to go to school. Joy. Yeah, it's a good message that we should be putting out there. Oh, definitely. Hey, you know, I always tried to, like, curtail my opinion right. on this matter. Yeah. But I'm like, no. Yeah. I really, please, go to college. Because, the, you know, going fast forward much later, when I was, like, 30, 
I did go to college for my own pleasure. I went to UCLA for um, American uh, literature, American literature and culture and sociocultural anthropology. It was the best show in town every day. <laughs> I had front row seats. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I graduated, you know, summa cum laude. Oh, wow. So, Very yeah. Nice. Please go to college. <laughs> Just not for acting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to ask, so um, one of your, your first big uh, films, that, as I was telling you before we started, yes. Groundhog Day. Yes. Like the, the iconic Bill Murray movie uh, yeah. that, yeah, like I said, I still watch every year. Like, I, I love that movie. And you're... It's so good. Yeah. And it's you're... So you're uh, you're Debbie. You're it's you and Michael Shannon having a very problematic relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but what was that like? Like, what was the audition process like for that? What was what was that film like for you? Wow. Okay. So I was Mrs. Young Girl working in Chicago, happy as happy could be, and um, I was going all over town and. It was like the word was getting out. Like people were talking about me. I was like, really? That's so cool. <laughs> and Harold Ramis came to town casting. And really, literally, I had to go in once and just kind of meet him. And it was like, oh, great. We'll do this then. We'll definitely, yeah. So it was just yeah. very nonchalant. <laughs> it was just... really easy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And um, getting the script, it just was so good. Well, did it's it, so good. Yeah, like I, I'm trying to imagine. Yeah, what what that what is that experience like? I mean, because until that movie was, there's been a lot of movies since then that have tried to copy that formula. But like, what is it like seeing that for the first time? <laughs> like, well, I mean, it was my first movie. I got my SAG card in Groundhog Day. <laughs> I was still teen at that point, and it it just was. It, it, it's almost like, oh, this is great. My whole career, I will only get cast in classic, <laughs> yeah, timeless yeah. films. Oh, it's going to be, yeah. I'll just go in and meet the director, and I'll get the part, and it'll be so easy. Sure. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that can mess with your head just a little bit, but gosh, what a good script. And it hardly changed at all. Oh, wow. From script. I think the only thing was the exact amount of time he spent on that day because they went the whole route, road, the whole Buddhist road in, yeah. the, in the, the draft where it was 10,000 years. Oh, oh okay. I didn't he know that. He yeah. spent 10,000 years on oh, that wow. one day. Yeah. Uh, but so what was what was it like for you? Like that's you, most of your scenes are, I mean, all of your scenes are with Bill Murray. Like you're. Yes. You're there. This is your first. Please film. remember, I've never done a film before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, your first film, and it's Ever. opposite Bill Murray and yeah. Michael Shannon, who isn't Michael Shannon yet, right? But who is like? Yes, <laughs> um, it it was uh, it was crazy. I mean, because um, I got kind of the wrong idea about film, which is to say. In theater, everything's sequential, it's immediate, it's a story. You start at the beginning, you tell it to the end, and you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in film, it's all piecemeal. Of course, everyone knows this by now. And it's a very crazy concept. And if it's a big budget film, you get a lot of coverage, so that's a lot of takes. Yeah. But in Groundhog Day, please imagine that not only are you getting like four days of coverage on every scene, but every scene is the same as every scene. Yeah, I've wondered about that because it is—it's essentially Holy like there's, moly. <laughs> yeah, there's only a handful of scenes in that movie, really, and it's just different variations right. of like. Yeah, so it's just weeks yeah. and weeks on end of doing exactly the same scene, right? From yeah. different angles. Yeah, because like when you're in the background of the diner or something. Yes. Yeah, like you're just you're yeah. you're there for yeah forever, like doing all the different like. <laughs> permutations of the diner scenes yes yeah yeah i um i played cards with the teamsters <laughs> that was what i did uh so so what did you take away from that experience though like what what was it like when it was done well i mean i i mean we'll talk about this more when we start talking about vo but it's like um it was really hard on my patients 
to be in the same scene every day right. eternally yeah. with nothing explained. Because that's the other part that happens when it's your first movie. Oh, yeah, Do you not think gonna anyone's going to tell you <laughs> yeah. what's happening or yeah. why? No. Yeah. Or what you should do. It's like, should we be improvising here? Should we be talking here? Should we be completely silent? I don't know. I've never right. done this before. Yeah, and you almost don't want to stand out. Like, you don't want to, you just want to be doing the right thing, but you don't want to ask, you know, really. Right. Oh, you can't ask. Yeah. It's a room full of actors and yeah. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and a full crew. And yeah, you can't ask. So you just sort of. <laughs> figure it out as you go uh well and then to the the last thing i guess i want to ask about that film is like like i said it, it is it's a movie it's going to be on tv every year like it's this movie will outlive you <laughs> like, yes. yeah i mean it's it's there it's yes. in the culture like what is that like to just have you pop up every year you know uh well it's um it's weird and it's great and it's just boy, does this sound like a line, but it's true. It's an honor to be part of such an incredible piece of cinema history. Yeah. Which is the God's honest truth. And how <laughs> lucky, how blessed I am to be able to, you know, have that be my first <laughs> movie. <laughs> and it's such a fun character, too. Like, I feel like if, outside of the repetition, that would be fun to play. The Just the dynamics of your relationship and, like, you guys. Just the... The I don't know I always just hear you in my head getting very excited about WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> well, that day, okay, again, nothing is explained to me, nothing. <laughs> so all I know is I have to be there at five in the morning or whatever, and so I get there and find out that we're doing this end scene. Right. And okay, we've just spent it seems like months in my memory. It's months. And months the on the diner, diner on yeah, the yeah. bar, at yeah, the, yeah. What, you know, <laughs> at the outside, at the, you know, oh, the scene, just, and then again. And then we get, to, we're doing the last scene. Okay, you ready? <laughs> what? Two takes, and we're done forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I felt like I got real lucky that that stuff was working that day, you know? And it was because I was so used to the repetition. It was sort of like, well, is this the one they're going to actually use? Right. (laughs) But that was lightning round. That was lightning fast. We just did quick and done. But it's great because I really do think that in that scene, like, I understand exactly who both of you are and exactly what your relationship is. (laughs) good yeah <laughs> we got lucky then yeah uh well i want to before we get to the voice acting which i want to talk quite a bit about there's there's one more credit that i i did want to ask you about one more film that sure. you did because you you were a women's group member in yes. sherry mcguire which when i thought about that you're there for the scene yes the scene again like just to talk I about i was sitting next I, to renee I, yeah, yes. yeah like <laughs> when you just talk about like moments that will like live on you know in cinema history like you're you're there for you know you complete me you had me at hello and i actually i rewatched that like because when i knew i was going to do this interview and it is just yeah you're like you're right there like you're yeah. you're almost in between them at one point like as they're yes like she's behind the couch like. yep yep cameron crowe coolest guy in the world totally cool another amazing classic great script yeah and another movie where you're probably doing a lot of the same stuff like, I know. you're on a couch like <laughs> doing the same sort of like... same sort of thing more improvisation yeah. but yeah um so that scene the scene was at the very end of women's group and people had other jobs and we'd already gone over time a lot of days and so we like, I gotta go work, but I don't want to say anything, and I have to go to this other job. It wasn't me, but you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they decided to shoot us out. Am I even supposed to be talking about this? I mean, what year is this? Ninety six. They probably can talk about it. It's probably fine. It's fine. <laughs> so we shot. We shot all night long. Like, oh, okay. I mean, it was like a twenty hour shoot. Oh god, just for that one For that one scene. Oh and wow. Tom Cruise was so cool. He got everybody. I think lunch at three in the morning and then breakfast at like 10 the next morning and you know just just pay, got it himself for us because we were staying there to shoot it out i would also just say this is my perception of tom cruise based on what i've seen in movies i would picture 20 hours in he's still incredibly energetic and i still... don't know i was too bleary myself 
like, I would imagine, like, I just imagine him 20 hours, he's still, like, it's their first take. <laughs> All I remember is that I heard, like, you know, lock it up, speed, and rolling, and action, and I'm, like, laying on the couch with my head up. They're shooting in the other room, something, in the kitchen, I guess. And I look up, I, my head swings up, and I see who's sitting next to me, and it's Cameron Crowe. Cameron? I'm like, Cameron? <laughs> Who's directing the movie? <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> oh wow! So, so twenty hours that you got it. Like, you got, like evidently it came out good. It yeah. sure came out good. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's that's pretty great. Like that's uh. So, but yeah. So how? When does the transition happen for you? So you you, you do a lot of live action stuff, and then this sort of your career at some point takes. A turn and you you go more well, voice acting yeah that came i never loved acting with a camera it just is a whole it's a whole different thing and i didn't love the repetition and i didn't love that the camera's the whole thing and like a lot of times when you're doing tv shows you don't even know who you're working with like you show up but it's like hi this is your director bird okay places <laughs> you know it's yeah, like yeah. who Every... are you what are we doing <laughs> Um, and theater, it's a total family. Um, so I worked as, going back to Chicago, I got to do all the cool theaters and all the world premiere plays, and I felt, oh, it was so fun. And I was at Steppenwolf, and the show I was doing at Steppenwolf was called The Rise and Fall of Little Voice, and um, I played Little Voice, and it moved to Broadway. So oh, wow. move, I got to move to New York with uh, starring in a Broadway show, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it just, the because I was doing what any young actress would do. Look at me, look at me, <laughs> woo, look at me, let's take every job, let's do every audition, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And the it started having an effect of attention and, and fame-ish, fame you know, fame-ish. <laughs> and by the time I was in New York... It was. It just kept getting a little more weird and a little more brutal. And like people would follow me home, and people oh. would try and put me in their car. Oh, and God. It, I mean, it just was like, whoa. Yeah. And the character I was playing was so cripplingly, painfully shy that it kind of rubbed off on my whole life. So having, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is what you're because, and yeah, Broadway, you're doing you, this, eight a, times a, a week, yeah, nonstop, so. and you can't do anything else. I had to sing without a mic in a fifteen hundred seat house. Oh wow! Which was very intense. I'm <laughs> sure you can imagine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and the critics did, hated the show, and they were mad at us for being from Steppenwolf, and they just wanted homegrown <laughs> New York stuff at the time. Oh God. And then I went out a critic circle award which was contradictory <laughs> like okay great that was really nice but I don't know it was like New York was not what I loved so I moved out here and then it's like okay you're gonna go as hard as you can into film and television now do I maybe do I have to and uh, voiceover started happening like right before I left New York I got a job in voiceover and it was something I always wanted to do since I lived in Chicago the land of the announcer oh, or yeah. the regular person or the you know <laughs> uh, the commercials lots of commercial VO happening in, in Chicago but not animation New York like one thing animation but I booked it right before I moved and I was like I'm sorry I'm moving and so I came out here I'm like I think I hey animations out here in LA this is great um, and so I got a meeting with uh, an agency, and yeah, I had. This is part of the when people, how do you get into voiceover? <laughs> well, you have to have won a major award for Broadway. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You have to have all your unions be in a couple classic <laughs> films, have done a, a regular in a TV show. Um, yeah, and about you know, 13 years of professional experience, and then, yeah. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> it was easy getting an agent, but it was still hard to get in the club of, because you know, there's only a small ensemble yeah, yeah. of people who really seem to do all the voices. Yeah, and, and then you have a lot of, like, animated stuff now, like, we'll have, you know, 
act, you know, at big name actors or whatever too. So there's even like a smaller, you know, like the Pixar movies or something. Yes. What more like? We need Jonah Hill in this, or you know. Oh like, yeah, yeah, my favorite thing on camera <laughs> actors doing voiceover. So it's like a you know yeah. So there's a, a club that you have you know there's like a sort of you yeah. need to get to a level to be a recognized voice actor to still fight for. I mean, we were talking about that again before we started. Like you're still auditioning. It's still oh all of us yeah, are yeah all yeah. The it's time. not like no one is just like all right let's let's call a pendant. You know, it's like you sh- they do sometimes. Okay. But it's rare. But you, it's still mostly, you know, like every single time, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he, is that even like if you've played a character before and they're doing Do they make the, you read for it? Yeah, yeah. How ugly. Yes, that has <laughs> happened for me. Can you believe it? Like they literally have t- tape of you doing this character and it's still like, yeah, we want to hear it in the room. Yeah, like, not kidding. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah, it's an, it's a crazy business. Like, I, it's totally crazy. Uh so uh but yeah, so as you said you you didn't really like on-camera acting. Like that wasn't for you. But when you started doing voice acting, was it just immediate? Like yes. this was you found it. Oh like, my god, it's theater. Except okay, you can be uh on TV all day every day. No one knows who you are. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. <laughs> so no famous, no, you know, being recognized. It's the greatest thing in the world. You can, you are only limited by your imagination. You can go in and play a snake and a bird and a baby and an old woman and a super villain <laughs> all in one day. And it's just, it's limitless. And it takes four hours and you're done. Yeah. You can wear sweats. Like you can. <laughs> yes. We usually, we wear gowns. I don't know if you knew this, but it's like full tucks, tails. Oh and sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, really, yes. like, yeah. That's you want to you want to create an environment. You want to create an environment. A regal like, for, yeah, environment. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's where the magic happens. <laughs> uh, and and so in general, uh, this is my understanding, but please tell me if I'm wrong. But it's like when you audition, like you maybe get a description of the character, maybe a drawing of the character, and then it's just right. what you you make a decision of like how they should sound or like you kind of create the character or what? Yeah, sometimes you get a drawing, sometimes you get a paragraph, sometimes you get both, sometimes neither. And so I, what is the neither? Like what? Like what well, is, you get some lines. Okay, and it's just and it's yeah. say seven year old boy. Okay, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and that it should say after that, good luck. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you have no idea what we're thinking. What, right, um, and it, literally they're gonna listen to that and go like, oh, she's wrong for this. <laughs> it's yeah. like wrong for the thing we didn't tell her what we wanted. Right. But, you, yeah. Well, you just have to guess, and yeah. usually, okay, so usually you have a lot of people are making the decision, like a group of people, right? Executives, creators, writers, directors, artists, everybody is making the the decision together. So, going back to no teacher can tell you how to get cast right how are you gonna take those seven people okay they don't even know what they want they certainly don't agree on what they think it should be right so your best thing you can do is know yourself and just go with your instinct just go with your gut yeah and if it's funny to you it's probably funny to somebody else well, yeah, I, I've definitely heard a lot of those stories, too, where it's like the person that will get cast in these roles is the person who just did something completely different. Like everyone tried to do what they thought they wanted. Oh, right. There is no what they want because yeah. they don't know. They're, they brought you in to show them yeah. what they want. Yeah, because yes. the one that popped into my mind that I always remember is John DiMaggio, uh, hey, who, John. yeah, <laughs> who obviously you've worked with. <laughs> Shout out! Woo-hoo. But uh, no, I remember <clears throat> with Bender that uh, I think everyone else came in and did like robot voices. Oh you yeah, know? and then he did punch drunk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's like that kind of thing where yeah, it's just like you know they don't know what they want until they they obviously wouldn't have asked for that right. you know, read, but then that's... And- yeah, and sometimes that comes out of I'm I think I know I have the facility with my instrument to experiment. <laughs> and sometimes it comes out of like we were saying, you know, I'm getting no response on anything I'm doing, so yeah, I'm just, just gonna go fun. amuse myself. <laughs> right. Um, my first series, Chalk Zone, Penny on Chalk Zone, I went into Nickelodeon and I was feeling that way. Like everything I was doing was just going into a black hole. 
And I got the picture of this little girl. Do you know Chalk Zone? I don't. That's uh, it's late 90s Nickelodeon. Molly knows Chalk Zone. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so she's a little nerd girl. She's got glasses, cat glasses, and a turtleneck and a plaid skirt, and her mouth is all the way over on one side. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do something with that, cause why not? And so I went in and I just said, hey Rudy, Rudy Tabuti, what do you think of this? <laughs> and I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, really? You guys responded to that? that was, okay. Yeah, that's what they wanted. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, well, um, I wanted to ask a, a bit, obviously, about uh, Adventure Time. Yeah. We, yeah. So, uh, what was that audition like? Like, what you know? How did how did that come about? That audition was great. I was um, already a fan of the short that had Abraham Lincoln on the moon, on Mars, on the moon, on Mars. Which one? I think, oh God. On some planetary yeah, yes, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm like... <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. Like, this is genius. This is going to be galactically huge. Oh my God, I want to be a part of it. Yeah, it definitely seems like a just fun environment to, oh, to be in. Yeah. That show is so brilliant. I would be a fan of it if I weren't on it, for sure. It's uh, so smart and so creative. And um, yeah, so I got to go in on callback level was my first one. I went into Cartoon Network because it was kind of in the club. See, benefits, yeah. woo! Uh, you all get the, called the years in. of experience. All. And if you're there in person, instead of doing it in your home studio where you just have to guess, you can look at people, see what they're reacting to, and then they can say to you, <laughs> right. why don't you try it like this? And you go, sure. Crazy and then you do concept. it like really easy. That's an easy adjustment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I went in, I love PB. Um, the, the sides were hilarious. I swear they were something about she was living with Ricardio in an apartment and he <laughs> and I had to like at the end cry just as she cries and I'm like I know everyone else is going <laughs> and I like whinnied like a horse. I bellowed. I sobbed. I, like, and then at the end it was just like oh, I loved him. And then that was it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. Like, no, and that, yeah, I, yeah, that's just such a fun show. Like, I'm glad that you, like, I can see you light up, like, when you talk about it. Like, I'm glad that it is as fun to make that, as it is to, to watch. Yes, yes. It's just, uh, again, with the classic projects, I think I made some rule at some point that I really only do, like, classic shows and movies will <laughs> be around forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good choice. I don't know why everyone doesn't do that. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> uh, well, I, I wanted to, to ask you a, a bit about your uh, DC Comics uh, yes. voices that you've done. You, yes. You've done a number of them. But uh, I think the two big ones, obviously, Harley Quinn. Yes. Uh, which is great. I, I, and I'm, I was curious with that voice just because... Uh, Arlene Sorkin, like, kind of, like, the character was created for her, you know, like... Yeah, and she created the character. It was her and yeah, Paul Dini together. Yeah, like, that, that was actually, yeah. So yeah. was that, you know, to kind of take over that character, or, you know, to do a version of Harley Quinn, is that in your mind? Like, does that oh, influence... Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, it, for me, it's like being the second cast of Les Mis... Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. seriously, like, yeah. they killed it. Yeah, and they and, have, everyone has the cast recording. And you get to yeah. do it also. <laughs> but it's like, come on now, we can't have any ego about this. Yeah. You know, it's just a total pleasure. Um, that came about through Andrea Romano, the great voice director. I was doing Teen Titans for her, and she's like, Hendon. I was thinking you should play Harley Quinn. Now, all we have to do is convince them of that. <laughs> so I'm going to have you come in to read for them 10 minutes before the session is booked. And my plan is they'll love you and you'll just stay and record it. <laughs> so let's make that happen. I'm like, Pretty okay. Nice. She's like, go watch Born Yesterday for Billy Day. Seriously, Billy Day is so amazing. Oh my gosh, and just a little bit of the, you know, yeah. I remember her in the McCarthy hearings, you know? 
And she said, oh boy, oh boy, I'm really gonna be careful the next time I'm invited to a party. <laughs> you know? That is was, the voice, yeah, that's... It was that, plus I was in um, a musical called Gypsy um, in my theater days as a kid. And I played a part called Agnes, who came out, was so excited to be working at a strip club when she wasn't supposed to be. And it was like, <laughs> a real life theater <laughs> and a real life stage. <laughs> so it was like, okay, combine those two. And then there's my version of Harley as respectful to Arlene as possible. And it worked. I went in, I read, they said, great. I stayed, I recorded the episode. it's great no and such a wonderful character like it's been fun to see that character just like i mean now there's a live action version like it's just oh she's huge yeah yeah yeah, has her own comics like it's no such a cool uh just to see it blow up uh well but i also i wanted to of course ask you uh about your other you know uh dc starfire like in you've done starfire like a variety of ways Ways, iterations, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I, I guess I'm curious about that because there was sort of, I don't know, if serious is the right word, but the more like action adventure, action adventure. That's the great word for it. Version, yeah. and then it's evolved into the amazingly, delightfully silly version of Teen Titans Go that we sort yes. of now have. Yes. But, yeah. So I was just curious about, I guess maybe the various starfires or like what it's been like for you to um well they're all the same person right is the thing and then you just it's <sighs> animation this is another reason i love vo so much is that it's a collaboration um utterly it's not it's all about me <laughs> look at me it's all me no it's like every part that is played is um you know he or she who draws it, and he or she who writes it. And as a series, we all start feeding each other. The writers will go, ooh, I loved it when she did that. I'm going to write her some more of it. And, you know, it just, it if it's played by somebody else, it would be an entirely different character. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but it's all, and if it was written by somebody else, same, right. or drawn, same. Yeah. And I love that that interaction. So Starfire in the beginning was such a short audition. It was just like a couple of sentences about Starfire going to a movie, her first movie ever with Robin. And she didn't understand what that that was a movie. Yeah. And it's, I just, all I remember is, oh, Robin, that pretty girl needs our help. <laughs> that kind of thing. And that was really it. And Andrea had Tara Strong and I come in and read for both parts. Oh, okay. She was. She told me she does the. She she cast Teen Titans as people she'd really like at a great dinner party, and people <laughs> she'd that. really like to be together. Yeah. She would enjoy working with for the next five or six years, and so that's how we were all created as an ensemble with that intention in mind that we all have something very different to bring and we'll all get along great and both turned out to be true so tara and i um she was like i want you to i don't know which part it is for who (laughs) (laughs) i don't really care they'll they'll pick and i just want you to so that was how that so what was your your raven like then like did you well how it was described was i mean she was she's like a demon who like hates herself and keeps herself completely contained and uh, i mean so all i really remember doing was feeling it really hard feeling it like just bleeding inside and then keeping a lid on it oh yeah because that's kind of that's my thing i I am terrible at faking it (laughs) i cannot fake it I have to really feel it or it doesn't come out. Um, so anyone thinking VO is just making a funny voice? <laughs> no, you have to really act it. Uh, so, but yeah, what was it like to get this, the to go from the more action-adventure Teen Titans to Teen Titans Go? Like just oh, tonally, completely it was, um It was very surprising. And we all had to kind of get used to what was happening in the beginning. Because we're like, wait a minute, Robin yeah. wouldn't do that. Starfire wouldn't say that. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely like, a lot of, like, 
there's, I don't even know if there's a lot of consistency in the show itself in terms oh, of... Oh, there is now. Now, yeah, once yeah. they started having us all die <laughs> yeah. during the show, we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And when that first happened, I had the idea that Starfire should speak over the credits and go, Hello, friends. Please do not be alarmed. The Teen Titans have not perished and shall return next week. <laughs> <laughs> and Kari Payton, who plays Cyborg, was like, hey, let's record it. Let's yeah. record it. Let's do it. But they were like, nah, they'll get used to it. You know, the audience will get used to it. This is how we roll now. And we did get used to it. And we did see what started happening. Because, again, as you go in a show, it's all collaborative. It's all feeding each other. And that the five of us get to work together is such a dream come true. It was the nicest phone call I've gotten in the longest time. <laughs> Please come work with these awesome people again. And you guys, you have a movie coming out. We have a movie coming out. Okay. <laughs> I want everyone to go see Teen Titans Go to the Movies starting <laughs> July 27th, 2018. Please go see it nine times. That's all I'm asking. Nine times. <laughs> that's reasonable. I, I think, think that's totally reasonable. I think it's entirely reasonable. It's a single digit and it's totally entertaining. Is there, yeah, is, I'm sure you can't say much, but is there anything that you can give people like to... Like, why do, where, where is the Warner Brothers security person? Because we were told for so long to not breathe a word. And then we just did this press packet. They're like, they asked us about the movie and we all immediately look to our handler like, are we allowed to say anything? Is somebody going to like tackle us to the ground? They're like, no, please talk about the movie. Um, it's super funny. There's fun, there's super fun songs. I am not entirely sure how, I don't know yet what, I can't remember. I, <laughs> I've been doing it in pieces, so sure, I'm not yeah. entirely sure what's going on with it. But it's a living document, like the Constitution. <laughs> it's exactly and, like the Constitution. <laughs> and it will come together. <laughs> what we're doing has been really funny so yeah. far. That's awesome. No, I'm super excited for it. Like, I can't <laughs> wait to see it. <laughs> okay, so what I've really need to tell you okay. and everyone listening is the secret to Teen Titans Go. Okay. Because there's a little controversy of how dare you, how <laughs> dare you do the show this way. Which, first of all, disclaimer, I have zero power to do any <laughs> show anyway. Talk to Warner Brothers. <laughs> and the secret to Teen Titans Go is it's high satire. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's high satire. <laughs> and that the writers are so good at it and if you think it, it's it's dumb it's not it's really smart no there, there's a brilliant like sort of improv mentality of like if this is true what else is true like i yeah. i actually earlier before we came over i was re we were watching the like the waffles episode where it's just oh. like uh, where uh, Cyborg and uh, Beast Boy are just saying waffles over and over right, again. Right. And it's just the the like heightening of that of like it just starts out as a silly thing and then that's like what saves everyone and like <laughs> like it's just and yeah. then what gets them to stop is once everyone else on the team realizes, oh if we just say waffles we could defeat the villain. Right. And then they're like, Oh, this is done now. Like this isn't cool anymore. Like right. now, yeah. And that's a really early one. Like yeah. they've gotten so like it's just smooth. The yeah. high satire, like for example, one of my favorite episodes, which was, I think it's called Finally a Lesson, or At Last a Lesson, <laughs> and the network note to the writers was, can't they just learn something? <laughs> and so they wrote an episode that they do learn something and the information is good. And how they, what they learn is how to invest in, in real estate for profit. <laughs> <laughs> that is... My favorite, Ugh. like, reoccurring theme in all of entertainment of, like, when a smart, like, just funny writer gets yeah. a note and yeah. just, like, uses that Here as, like, go. yeah, this is exactly what you asked for, right? Yes. Like, I am the biggest fan of that. Yeah, make the Titans life. become slumlords. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, I, I, that makes me sad that you get that response, though, because I love the tone of the show oh, so, so much. Glad like, to it hear is, that. yeah, it's my, and I watch all of the DC stuff. Like, I, I love DC Comics stuff, but I, it, it's, I've never seen anything different and I think that's what I liked about it is that and they're 
there's always room for that, like, with these characters of, you know, yeah. like, you can see that with Batman of, like, there's 60s Batman and there's, you know, right. Ben Affleck Batman <laughs> and there's, like, everything in between, you know, like, there's always room for, like, you said it's the same character, yeah. just, but in a different yeah. setting and I think, yeah. And to, to glorify my cast just a little bit more, oh my gosh, it's like we did all these seasons of action-adventure and yeah. everyone was great. Yeah. And then they totally rebranded it as this crazy, wacky, Looney, Looney Tunes kind of more influence thing than anything else. Yeah. And it turns out we're all amazing comedians. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. There's <laughs> such a... Uh, such, but that is such a smooth transition. That's why I was fascinated by it. Is It, it is seamless that you guys were all the exact right people to yeah. do this show. No, it... It's, I can't say enough good things about the show, seriously. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, there's a... Oh, God. Am I allowed... I'm sure I'm not allowed to say this. <laughs> and I will be hunted down <laughs> after this is over. But I'm going to I'm gonna say a little bit. I'm taking that chance with you, okay? okay? All right. There is something that is coming out that will make fans of both shows very happy. Oh. Oh, now, see, I didn't say that much, did I? You didn't. You okay? said nothing. I said nothing. I don't yeah. think we were... Did I say anything at no, all? We I, weren't even here. I heard nothing. Okay. Good. I just, I was looking at your dog. Yeah. Oh, it. boo. She's <laughs> such a good girl. Yes. Well, um, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you've been very generous, but uh, is there anything else that, uh, like, on the horizon that you'd like to talk about? Anything we haven't covered? Or... I am, hmm. It's so weird in animation. You're so never allowed to say what right. you're doing ever. And then there's comes a point where you can, but no one tells you when that happens. Right. Um, I don't know. There'll be there's more really fun stuff coming. There's fun <laughs> stuff coming. Uh, what is something that most people don't know about you? Um, I have just gotten a ten week old Great Dane puppy named Blue. Who has been so good? She's been I, sleeping beside yeah. me the whole time. No, it's it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, yeah, she's just lulled into like such a peaceful sleep right now. <laughs> um, what else do you? Um, here's one. Worlds collide. I founded something called the Hillside Produce Cooperative. Oh, awesome! And it's a, a local organic free exchange of fruit, vegetables, herbs, and flowers, free for everybody. And we're in our tenth year. And, is um, there, if people want to learn more about it, is there, how do they do oh, that? HillsideProduceCooperative.org. Oh, okay. Yeah, Great. and there's there's chapters, I think there's 13 chapters all over the world based on our model. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, any, I think we got it. Like, I don't know if there's... <laughs> now I'm getting nervous. I know. I... What did I say? Did I say, did I say too much? Did I say not enough? No, it was okay. perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, if you want a Starfire disclaimer at the end, if they want. Dear friends, Hinden is not entirely sure what she has said. However, she is extremely grateful to be on the sound and not on the terrible camera. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank this was wonderful. You. It was really fun to meet you. <laughs> What did I tell you? Such a great chat. Such a, a wonderful time. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you did and you're, you want to keep this party going, uh, go to hobotrashcan.com. Go through the archives. We have so many more interviews with voiceover people. If you want to listen to H. John Benjamin from Bob's Burgers and from Archer... Our Chris Parnell, who is also on Archer, who uh, also is in Rick and Morty, or Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, the creators of Rick and Morty. Uh, I've talked to Gray Delisle. I, I've talked to uh, John Kay from Brendan Stimpy. I mean, they're Billy West. There are so many awesome interviews. Hobotrashcan.com, our Hobo Radio on wherever you subscribe to podcasts and, and check them out. And, uh, you know, rate us, review us, do all of those wonderful things. 
And, and also come back and, and check out the show with me and Lars, where we're just being goofy and talking about pop culture. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's going to do it for us this week. So remember, kids, question everything. Hello, it's me again. Your hair couldn't hold me down. I'm back and smiling for what's to hear. I think it's time you call your guy. Making overnight flights across town for several nights now. Pacing with light cycles, streaks of neon off a kite tail. I run a nice route, but I feel my heart fading. Reminiscing past rides with Tatsuo and Kaneda. Yeah, and before we meet the maker, one of these nights, you find out what you're made of. You can fight it till your last breath collapses, or accept this is you and let them things out and abash it. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. River City to Riverside, look alive. I cast shadows in the night from a neon Madden sign. Billy and Jimmy Lee watched the six back in 99. Fight a flight divide, now it's only fight to fight. The life is spice, swinging left pipes for a righteous price. I ain't for sale though, keep the offer. Even an extremist can't be bought in the crack of Don Joggers. I write lines between day walkers and midnight marauders. Prepping hooks like ruthless Robbie, motherfucking Lawler. Don't know what y'all heard, the pearls are hard and center. But if she can slow dance on a floor full of phantasmal killers, then I let her wear my hoodie, come and fly shotgun. Silver bullets in the glove compartment Billy Captain and company Come with me Run your keys your jewels I've seen things you can't unbelieve Spades are spade But only me throws up my sleeve Just an American saber wolf On these London streets No one thing Don't pick a fight with the man Who's died twice And doesn't believe in the Lord of life 50 is my norm You don't wanna see my risky Just tell him that I'm coming And I'm bringing hell with me On the city landfill, sipping, stabbing, kill, nursing old wounds, catching new feels. It's just another day with the devil in Blue Hills. So I'm out, Nola, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Shantown, Metro City, hands up and come out. St. Paul, Scotland, I, Detroit, Argonne, put them in the sky.
more time. Hello, hello, hello. That's much better. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Cool. All right. And I want to, there. Okay. I want to be able to see your face. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, right? Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hi, I'm John Bennett. And I'm Patrick Stork. And we are the hosts of Expert of Nothing. A live game show where we bring six contestants up to, to talk about a pre-selected topic. And also to flash a topic that they have no idea what it will be. A completely unscripted debate by experts making it up right on the spot. It's sort of like a bar argument meets TED Talks. More facts than a Texas textbook. It's like the Mabel Memorial March Madness every month. You can get your podcast every two weeks on the Peak Sloth Network. You can get your live shows every month at the wind-up space. Alternative facts, we got them. We invented them.